Have you ever encountered a hurdle with launching or growing your business? Listen, there are two things that run a business, the back end and your soft skills. Telling you right now, if these aren't in place, you'll lose clients and you'll lose money. You don't want that? Well, you're in the right place. Hey, I'm Dana. Hey, I'm Sarah. We're your hosts of the Entrepreneur Encounter, and we're going to give you a behind the scenes glance into our businesses, give you genuine feedback, tips and tricks, plus occasionally bring on guests that care about supporting you to grow your business organically and nurturing authentic relationships. Are you ready? Welcome back to another episode of Entrepreneur Encounter. Today, we're going to be discussing time management, the importance of time management, especially for those that work from home. Time management is this term that gets thrown around a lot. People say, yes, they have good time management skills, and people say they don't have good time management skills. Today, we're going to be giving you guys some tips and tricks and techniques on ways that will help you with your time management. So one of the things I feel like we should start with is recognizing or creating a space to determine what challenges you face, because some entrepreneurs that are listening have children and they have to balance that whole challenge. Others don't, and they work while on the road. I recently met at a networking event a man who, it was such a Pinterest TikTok story. He lived in this vintage like Volkswagen camper thing. And he just traveled all over the place. I don't honestly know how far he goes. And he worked from, he does website design from his van and he just travels around. And I was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever heard. But that in itself is a challenge that I would never have to try to figure out scheduling wise. So really take time to determine this season of life that you're in. And I feel like I'm calling myself out, but Create a routine that best aligns with your work schedule. And then really, what do you have going on and what are your main focuses? So like, I want to put my family first. That's the whole point why I started this. But sometimes, like especially lately in very full transparency, I will be working all day and feel like I haven't spent any time with my kids other than when they're hanging out at my desk with me while I balance both quality time and client time, which then makes me overwhelmed after like three or four days. That's definitely challenging. Like you said, like even if you don't have kids, let's say that you actually have like a nine to five and you're running a business or you have family to take care of. Like if you're taking care of your parents or taking care of like nieces and nephews. So there's so many things that go on in your life that you have to be able to figure out the balance that you're able to create for your life, for both your personal and your professional life as well, because there's a lot that goes on in both. So one of the things that I recommend for anyone is establish routine. It doesn't have to be cookie cutter like like time blocking is a routine in itself. And I feel like there's more, but of course I can't think of those right now. But find a routine that works for you. Are you more productive in the morning? So then that's when you need to get your client work done and then have meetings in the afternoon when it's a little okay to be not necessarily distracted, but you don't have to focus on getting deadlines completed by a certain time. So determine what your work schedule looks like. Set clear work hours that align with your personal and professional goals. 
and communicate that schedule with not only your team, but your clients. I am a sucker when it comes to boundaries and just making sure everyone knows if you reach out to me after 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, then I most likely will not answer until the following day unless I feel like it's an emergency and I can sense the panic in a client's voice like, where is this email? What's going on here? And so like, I'll quickly answer, but I still, if it's not an emergency, I'm not going to work on it until the next day because I need to work on my own business after 4 p.m. and I want to spend time with my kids. I need to cook dinner for them. I probably need to clean my house. I need to work out and anything else that I decided to put on my plate. And that was a good idea. When we talk about communicating your work schedule. So I live in Florida and we always have storms and it's going to be the summer soon and hurricane season and all these things were, you know, and my house is very notorious for losing power during just a windstorm. Last year, we ended up having a hurricane come through. And I think it was like a week before it was going to hit. I told my clients, I said, I'm just letting you know that this is going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to lose power. I don't know if you're going to be able to communicate with me. But I wanted to make sure that, hey, like this is what's going on. So if you don't hear from me, this is why. So communicating essentially like what's going on, like why are you not able to complete a certain task? So if something you know that is coming up or something that's made to deter you from not getting things done, communicating that to your clients, to your team, to whoever you're working with is essential because if you don't, then everyone's going to be like, hey, like, where is she? Where is he? Like, what is going on? Why is nobody communicating with me? Mm-hmm. It also creates calm because when someone doesn't understand something, if they don't understand or they have questions and they feel like they're not being heard, that causes panic and almost ill feelings. That communication just eases that ahead of time. Our power blinked randomly, just blinked. And I was like, oh, man, I'm not going to have internet. What am I going to do? I started plugging in. I should have already had my those like battery packs. I started charging those to make sure they had enough juice to get me through whatever I needed to do that day. But I started to let them know like, hey, we have a bad storm because most of my clients don't live in the same state as me. So they don't know what's going on with my workspace. And I want them to know that they're still a priority to me and my business. I just, mother nature doesn't seem to agree with me right now. Another way that helps with time management is creating a dedicated workspace. Now, everybody that works remotely doesn't have the opportunity to have like a home office or have a dedicated workspace, but make sure when you have that, it could be a home office, even be just like a random corner in your living room. You can also go to the library for it to be quiet. Some people go to a coffee shop. I guess it depends on what you're doing. A coffee shop or like a restaurant can be a hit or miss. And then networking, like somebody in my network likes to work from a coffee shop. That is awesome. Good for you. But if you're in a meeting and there's a lot of noise behind you, I would recommend that you do not do that in a coffee shop because that is a distraction in itself. If you're having a meeting with somebody in a space where there's a lot of people, you're not going to be able to, one, get the work done. You're not going to be able to have a clear conversation because you both are distracted by the noise. So if there's any way possible to create a workspace into which you are able to have it quiet in some way, 
But if you're by yourself, then it should be okay. I think having like that dedicated workspace is important. My kids, I've had to teach them if my door is closed, you have to come in super quiet because I work in the corner of my bedroom for the most part. Like that's where my desk is. That's where my second screen is. If I have to move somewhere else, I will. But that's my dedicated space. I've tried working in the library, as Sarah knows. (laughs) That did not work well. (laughs) It was horrendous because normally our library is very quiet. But for whatever reason, that day, it just happened to be very busy. Thankfully, there's co-working spaces nearby that I can utilize. But usually I just bounce around my house, thankfully. And my kids have just learned If they see the camera on or they see the microphone in front of my face, that they just kind of tap my shoulder and wait as patiently as they possibly can. With those that have children or fur babies, the next one on our list is really to take breaks. Honestly, I think this fits for anybody because anyone that sits for eight hours a day knows that that is not good on the body. Mm -mm. But taking regular breaks throughout the day can help to increase productivity and prevent burnout. So scheduling short breaks, I think someone recently called it like white space or negative space in your calendar. So put in buffers between meetings, put in a hard stop for your lunch break. My husband was literally fussing at me last night about this. He was like, you need to take a lunch break. He's like, you need to get away from your computer. Even if you just walk around the house while you're eating for 30 minutes, that's what you need to do and really like mental break away from it. And he's not wrong because I do feel better when I have to work after I work out. Getting to the workout or like the brain break is frustrating or overwhelming because I'm like, it's just going to put me behind. But honestly, it never has. It gives me that chance to like calm my brain, get my blood pumping, get oxygen to the places that need it. And then I can come back and know where my priorities are. I've noticed, I mean, this is not really taking a break, I guess, but I noticed if I am trying to write content, like if I'm trying to write a blog or if I'm trying to write anything and I worked for three, four hours already in the morning, I have to step away from my desk to write. Like I have to go outside, even just sit on the couch to write just to get away from the distraction of your computer. Because if you're by your computer, you tend to, a lot of people to multitask. You try to do one thing and then you want to go to the next thing. But multitasking can be good, but is not good at the same time because then you tend to get overwhelmed. So even if you're working on a task and, you know, you're trying to concentrate and you can't figure out like, okay, what's going on? Like, I can't do this. If you are overwhelmed, then yeah, take a break for a few minutes and go somewhere else to work. So you're not stuck at your desk all day. It really takes a toll, I feel like. One of the things that I normally try to work with is in 30, 45 minute increments. So most of my clients have either 10 or 20 hours a month of my time, which breaks down to either 30 minutes or an hour a day. So all of my clients are in a 30 minute rotation, basically. So those that get an hour, I do 30 minutes first thing in the morning, and then I kind of pop back in 30 minutes in the afternoon and like tie up anything that hasn't been finished yet. So every 30 minutes, my watch, I have an Apple watch, and it's set to remind me to stand up. Just to stand up is usually all I need, and it dings at me a lot. (laughs) That's actually a really good hack. I mean, I haven't done it in a while, but I would set alarms like on my phone, like, hey, it's time to take a break, get up. 
out of your seat, you definitely need that reminder in some way or somehow. And that definitely is a good one. So with those, with breaks, I feel like that is an easy segue into setting and keeping boundaries. I set boundaries all the time, but honestly, it wasn't until this last year that I really started maintaining them because I like to please people way too much to the point that like I would be burnt out and crying by the end of the day because it's tempting to work beyond your hours because you work from home. So it's always here. It's in my bedroom. But those boundaries are how I have that quality time with my kids. It's how I remember who I am as a person. And I don't forget my why, because if I am overwhelmed at being an entrepreneur, I constantly just start daydreaming like, maybe I should just work for someone else and be done with this. I just clock in, clock out and just get my paycheck, basically. But that's not who I am as a person. I really like working with other entrepreneurs and helping them meet their goals. Like that's me being the nurturer. That's me being the cheerleader. So having those boundaries and sticking to my routine consistently has been vital for me to be able to handle things that come up unexpectedly, make adjustments as necessary because I already know what to expect so I can easily shift. Okay, this week, my son is sick, so I need to shift these two clients to later in the day because I need to go to the doctor at XYZ time or I need to more strictly hit my 4 p.m., 3 p.m. deadline for client work because I have to get to the doctor by XYZ time which actually happened this week specifically. Speaking of boundaries, there are some people out there that do not understand boundaries, especially if you're working and you say, these are my working hours. And if you contact me after a certain hour, you're not going to hear from me until the next day. People need to respect that. And if they don't, then, you know, you have to have that conversation. So funny enough, I actually read this thread on Reddit And Reddit is very interesting when it comes to conversations about certain things. And somebody had said that they have two employees that are awesome. They're dedicated to the job. But after they clock out, they're not like this manager is expecting them to continue the work after 6 p.m. So, you know, they have people in the office from nine to six. So what do you do? So after six o'clock, you clock out and you go home and you're with your family or doing whatever that you're doing. You're committed to the job when you're at work, but you're not committed to the job when you're off of work. Does that make sense? Like those are boundaries. Like if you are a CEO, business owner, whatever title that you hold and you have a team, you have to know that they are people too and they're going to set boundaries and they're going to say, okay, well, I'm done working at 6 p.m. After that, I'll be back in tomorrow at nine. And it just, it blew my mind that this happens more often than not. Way too much. Or I think with boundaries and sticking with them, something along the same lines is being pulled into a job where there was false identity of what was expected. So I saw somewhere, I think it was on TikTok, like it was a breakdown of a conversation where like a hiring manager said, yes, after a month of training, you'll be able to work from home and you'll have such a flexible schedule and so forth and so on. All the magical things that people want to hear, especially now that more people are working remote. And it ended up being three months in, the flexible schedule was, oh, you have to work 15 hours a day during training weeks. And she's like, it's only one week a month. You need to be more dedicated. Like really talking this person down is like, shoot. Thankfully, 
I don't know if it was like a made up story or what, but it was, she stuck to her back. She's like, you did not promise me this. You were not transparent. I quit. Like she quit on the spot. She's like, nope, you can figure it out. And they were trying to like say, no, I'm coming in. Let me talk to you. Blah, 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 blah. She's like, nope, I gave you three months. You didn't keep to your word. And so I feel like that's a hard thing too, is like sticking with your boundaries. That's so easy to say, oh, well, now they're listening. Well, no, they should have done what they said they were going to do in the first place. Like that says we as entrepreneurs, we promise our clients things. And if we don't uphold them, they're going to find someone else that will. So same thing. We're a partnership. I help them. I don't necessarily work for my clients. I partner with them. And so I have responsibilities, but so do they. And if they don't uphold their responsibilities, it affects my ability to do my job to support them. That's where it's constantly reminded in my contract during our onboarding that I remind them of these are the things that you promised to do and this is how I'm going to do it. And we just move forward. Everyone's on hopefully the same page. Once we maintain and figure out our boundaries and we understand which tasks are more important, we've defined our workspace. One of the ways that I do to manage my time is time blocking. And my brain functions so much better. It's a technique that you block a time to do certain tasks. And I wish I could share my calendar. (laughs) Because it's not only time-blocked, but it's color-coded too, (laughs) where I have it overlaid. So my ideal perfect schedule is in brown, and it's set on there, but it doesn't block out the time. Like, it shows me available just so I can then move things around. And then on top of that are each client's 30-minute segments where they have their own color. So it really looks like a unicorn just sneezed all over my calendar. But it it really helps me know what I'm doing and when. And then if I need to move things around, I can do so much easier. I recently got into the time blocking because I've been noticing that, you know, I'm getting busy. So I need to make sure that I'm able to prioritize the tasks and get things done. So I know on one of the episodes we were talking about like the project management tools. Well, I ended up using a Google spreadsheet and All my tasks are in there. And then like I set reminders on my calendar as well. So like I have the sheet and I have Google Calendar to block out the times and make sure that all the things I need to get done are getting done. There's this other technique that I wanted to share. It's funny. It's called Eat That Frog. Have you ever heard of that? I have. I actually started reading the book, but it didn't align with me. So I didn't finish the book. (laughs) So I haven't read the book, but this concept is pretty funny. So there's a book, it's called Eat That Frog by Mark Twain. He says that if the first thing you do each morning is to eat a live frog, you can get through the day with satisfaction knowing that it's probably the worst thing that's going to happen to you that day. So how does this tie into time management? Is because your frog is the task that you're most likely to procrastinate on. So if there's something that you're like, I just don't want to do this, like, or I'm having a hard time doing it, or if it's like a big task that you need to get out of the way, but you're just like putting it off, putting it off. This concept is to get the hardest and largest or the most important task done first. Mm -hmm. So I find that very interesting because obviously like I have done this. I'm like, oh my goodness, I can wait until tomorrow or I can do this another time. But if you keep putting things off, it's just not going to get done. 
especially like if, you know, you're working on your own stuff on your own side of the business, not necessarily like client work, but take, for instance, like this podcast. I mean, we have fun doing it, so it's not a problem, but like we get it done in the mornings to get it out of the way because Dana and I both know that we have client work that we need to get done. So if this is like the biggest part of our day, essentially each week, so we just let's get it out of the way, get that done. So then we can move on to our client work. That's how I see it. Also, there's a object lesson where I've seen about picking your priorities and evaluating. And it's like a jar and you have like big rocks and you have small rocks and you have sand and the sand are the like smaller, not vital, important tasks. So if you fill your jar with those things first, because they seem easy, you're not going to have time to do the important like needle moving tasks, like marketing minutes to get new clients and fill up your calendar or drafting your email newsletter or email newsletters for the month or scheduling your social media, like having a dedicated day, whatever the needle moving ROI tasks are for you and your business. If you don't do those first, then they're not going to fit in your jar of entrepreneurship. So I like to try and get in the habit of the night before I try to evaluate the next day. So it's probably bad of me to do. But when I'm in bed and I have my phone, I do look at my calendar the next day to see like, okay, what time do I need to get up? Like, when do I really need to be sitting at my desk? And who needs to be first? Is there a deadline that I'm missing? Like, I look at my calendar, see what meetings I have, if I actually double booked myself or whatever the case may be. I look at that so that I know I can email them and move meetings around if I need to, or I can adjust where my client work is if I have a big meeting. So like right now I worked, I dropped my kids off for preschool this morning. But then before that, I had done one of my clients who is smaller. I just went ahead and got her out of the way and done with because she's easier. So I did it before my work day so that I don't feel stressed while I am recording this podcast. And then once it's over, I'm going to get back to everyone else, the bigger clients who need my focus during the dedicated work time. There are a couple of questions I would like to ask the audience. What challenges have you faced with time management? It could be anything from like finding a dedicated workspace, taking a break, anything. We would actually like to have this discussion with you and actually brainstorm and help you figure out a better time management schedule to get the things that you need to get done. So we both understand working from home. There's distractions from simple things like someone's music is too loud outside all the way to packages getting delivered and your dog starts barking in the middle of a meeting. Like your house may be dirtier than you would like. I can't do, I can't handle it. So like if I know my house is a mess, like I want to go clean it. It's just my one pet peeve. And I, with so many people living in my house, like it's always dirty. So I'm constantly stressed about it and distracted like, oh, I got to go do this. But in order to get anything done, you have to learn to manage your time. Working from home is an amazing opportunity. And I'm extremely grateful that in the last several years, like it's become normalized, no matter if you're working for yourself, you're working for an agency, or you're working for like a brick and mortar business. So many of them now have work from home opportunities. But if you can't manage your time, you're not going to have that ability to do so in the long run. You're going to get overwhelmed. You might lose your job if you work for someone else. Like 
So many things can go wrong if you don't first figure out a technique or routine that works for you to make sure deadlines are met. You're not overwhelmed and you're taking care of it yourself. So shameless plug, you guys, but Sarah has put together a book that is like a general overview of time management challenges and like how to fit them into your life, no matter what season you're in. Also within the book is like a mock planner. It kind of gives you an idea of if you want to write out each day. So every day you can, you know, obviously make copies of it. It's just one week planner into where it's going to help you break down each task as well. So we will leave the information in the show notes for you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. Remember, soft skills aren't just some fluffy buzzwords that get thrown around in the corporate world. They're the key to unlocking your full potential as a professional and a human being. Don't be afraid to invest in yourself and seek out opportunities to improve your soft skills. Sarah and I have a variety of workshops, online courses, and complimentary clarity calls for you to practice in real time with us. Links are always in the show notes. And be sure to join us next time for more insights, tips, and tricks to help you succeed in your entrepreneur encounter.